Thank you for listening to this new episode of the podcast, By the Still Water. It is our intent that these messages be an encouragement in your search for the God of heaven. Thank you for listening. When someone is told that they need to have surgery, it is a terrifying moment. The concept of knives, needles, and sutures invading the body and the discomfort that comes with such a procedure produces great anxiety. There is also the worry about complications or if the procedure itself will be effective. With all of those things in mind, is it any wonder that one of the first questions people ask of their doctor is, is it necessary? But have you ever thought about it from the perspective of the doctor? The term surgeon indicates a skill set that is very specialized and difficult. Some surgeons work on bones and joints. In contrast, a neurosurgeon often is sewing and mending tiny nerves and blood vessels in the brain, some almost too small to see. Other surgeons have the skill and courage to hold a person's heart in their hand and know that they are there to help, not harm. Some surgeons tackle the delicate work of skillfully repairing skin to help someone look better, while others face the task of the unknown, the trauma surgeon, helping repair damage done to the body with the clock ticking and a life at stake. How do these amazing men and women learn these skills, and how do they find the courage to use them? One of the methods used in hospitals and medical schools is summed up by the phrase, see one, do one, teach one. What this means is the learning process includes three key steps. The first of these steps is to watch how it should be done. Some have thought that this step was just about observing, but that's not true. This is seeing the procedure, but also asking questions, listening to the reasoning behind the techniques, and asking for clarification. The second is putting the knowledge into practice with fidelity. In other words, replicating that practice and technique to the best of their ability. This is not just imitation for the sake of imitation, but replicating the reasons and the strategies as well. This is the do one. The third is the idea of being able to express the procedure and the processes to others, teaching what they do and why. This is asking students to clearly articulate not just the how, but the why of what they are doing. Built into the process is the idea of spreading the knowledge and sharing it with others. This is teach one. So it's see one, do one, teach one. All of these steps are overseen by the senior surgeons and teachers and measured against standards of conduct and protocol. Each procedure is carefully considered and examined against what is known to work and what is known not to work. To begin cutting without this framework of learning and the sense of responsibility is to violate the trust of the patient and to put their status as a doctor at risk. With so much at stake, it is imperative the doctors take these instructions and guidelines seriously. We have been discussing the overall story of the Bible and how we can be connected to it. We talked last time about Abraham and what his life tells us. It is that concept that Abraham's example and the example of others should impact our understanding of God. Stated another way, if I am trying to be connected with God, what do I learn by observing Abraham or David or Paul and their connection with the God of heaven?
Speaking of Paul, he wrote these words. Brothers, join in imitating me and keep your eyes on those who walk according to the example you have in us. The Apostle Paul urges those he is writing to and also urges us to engage in the C1 part of the process. As a starting place, we learn that we can have a relationship with God. We learn that men and women have made choices and lived their lives that brought honor to the God of heaven and that God responded by forming a bond and a relationship with them. Here is where we can connect the training of the surgeons with our learning about God. The surgeon must have a clear sense of the gravity of what they are doing. Cutting into a human body is not something to take casually. Grave consequences can result in not being careful or not being focused during surgery. Imagine a medical student closely observing a surgery that went badly wrong and that the patient died there in the operating theater. They will take that lesson to heart as much as any successful outcome of surgery that they witness. They will truly understand the critical nature of what they are engaged in when they pick up that scalpel. In a similar way, the relationship we have with God deserves a similar sense of importance and focus. We are engaged in a spiritual surgery on ourselves, and the consequences of getting it wrong are grave. This is the C1 part of the learning process. By looking at the Bible story, we can observe the attitude and focus of those that were pleasing to God and take on that mindset and attitude for ourselves. We can listen to what they say and understand the reasoning for making the choices that they did and where the dangers may lie. We can also observe those moments when people failed in their relationship with God. We can use those moments to help us understand that we must take care to follow what is being taught to us and shown to us through God's Word. Examples, both good and bad, give us a true sense of scale of what is at stake. But the C1 part of the process must be followed up by the do one part. Listen to Paul again as he describes the impact of examples. This is from the book of 1 Thessalonians. In fact, some of the opening words. We give thanks to God always for all of you, constantly mentioning you in our prayers, remembering before our God and Father your work of faith, and labor of love and steadfastness of hope in our Lord Jesus Christ. For we know, brothers loved by God, that he has chosen you because our gospel came to you not only in word, but also in power and in the Holy Spirit and with full conviction. You know what kind of men we prove to be among you for your sake. And you became imitators of us and of the Lord. For you receive the word in much affliction with the joy of the Holy Spirit, so that you became an example to all the believers in Macedonia and Achaia. For not only has the word of the Lord sounded forth from you in Macedonia and Achaia, but your faith in God has gone forth everywhere, so that we need not say anything. For they themselves report concerning us the kind of reception we had among you, and how you turned to God from idols to serve the living and true God and to wait for his Son from heaven, 
whom he raised from the dead, Jesus, who delivers us from the wrath to come. One of the elements of Paul's writing that is often overlooked is the personal element in connection. Paul knows these believers in the city of Thessalonica and indicates how well they know him. They took what they saw in Paul and began imitating not only what he taught about Jesus and the gospel, but also what they saw in him. They saw the example of Paul's moral behavior, his dedication to the cause of God, and his devotion to the pattern that had been given to him for the believers. They then were diligent to reproduce these elements in their own lives, worship, and work. But the third element is teach one. At the end of that reading, Paul says this, For not only has the word of the Lord sounded forth from you in a Macedonia and Achaia, but your faith in God has gone forth everywhere, so that we need not say anything, for they themselves report concerning us the kind of reception we had among you, and how you turned to God from idols to serve the living and true God. The pure message of the gospel had spread because of their work and dedication. In other words, they were an example of following an example, and that allows us to follow the example. The practical application of following the examples is knowing that if we are faithful in this, we are echoing the same pattern Paul praises in the believers that are there in Thessalonica. So, Two great elements that allow us to be followers of God, the command similar to what was given to Abraham and the examples of those that were faithful in following that pattern. Now, what these patterns look like is a discussion for another episode. But know this, a great deal is at stake. Like the surgeon holding someone's heart in their hand, we must take this responsibility seriously. The surgeon cannot be making things up or taking his best guess at a moment like that. If we look closely at the patterns and examples we have been given, we can stand with the people of that ancient city who were standing with Paul, knowing that what they were doing was according to what God expected of them. Look and watch carefully as they show us, teach us, and inspire us to be the people of God in every way possible. We can then be confident in what we do, and in what we are. Let's learn to do this the right way. Thank you for listening to this episode of By the Still Water. It is our desire that these messages reflect the true Word of God. If you would like to reach us, you can reach us by email at bythestillwater2024 at gmail.com. You can also find us on Facebook at By the Still Water Podcast. Please consider subscribing. This will alert you to new episodes when they are made available. Again, thank you for listening.